23, 26, it says, my son, it says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Give me your heart. Let my, your eyes delight in my ways. Understand, to find delight, to find his way, it comes from his word. It comes from his word. And what he wants us to do is allow the word of God to just saturate within us. Now, a quick story. Actually, a lot of you guys know my testimony. And I think a lot of you guys can say the same thing about your personal lives. But before Jesus, we probably had stubborn hearts. Agreed? Our hearts weren't in tune. We were stubborn, maybe some cold hearts, unforgiving hearts. But did you know when you give up your ways, I gave up my way. I remember sitting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was already probably a year uh, as a believer in Christ, still learning a lot. But there was a lot in me that I still had to come out of my heart. Weeds is what I would call it. You know, when you, when you, when you fix a flower bed, there are these weeds you got to continue to pull out. And I had, I had to continue that. God had to continue that is what I'm trying to say. And when, when those weeds were coming out, I can just feel the word of God just saturate me, the ground in my heart to be softer and softer. And when I would go to his scripture, I would feel the impact in my life. It is God's word that changes a person's heart. You know, there are many times where we try to change the person's for good intentions, maybe the right motive, but our approaches can be so not the right way. And we're so eager to change a person, it's really distancing them. But when we allow the word of God and when we show them scripture and when we pray for them and we teach them and train them, watch God change the person's heart. You guys still here? Kind of quiet, kind of quiet here right now. All right, understand that God changes the word. You know, we have to be teachable as well, too. And the perfect example that we can have is the 12 disciples. Did you know that the 12 disciples, when they walked with Jesus, what they kept was a teachable heart? Did you know that? They had a teachable heart, and we need to gain these teachable moments. We need to find people that we can go to as well, go to in his word, coming together as a community as well to be taught his word so we can have a pliable heart. Now, uh, I think it was about a month ago. Do you guys remember when Kirk Cousins came to town and he had a flag football game here in Holland? Okay, so I had the privilege to go, my son and I, my, my wife as well. We got to meet him. That, that was fun. But there was a, a barbecue part of things. And my wife and I sat at this table with two couples, all right, older couples. And one of, the men, one of the couples, they were about to celebrate their 50th anniversary, their wedding anniversary, which was really great. And I loved the fact that we were sitting with them because it started a small talk introducing ourselves. And one conversation led to another. And they shared with us they're, they're about to be married for 50 years. And I couldn't help it but ask, what's the secret? What's the secret? Because here's the thing, 50-year anniversary, still holding hands and loving each other, there, there's something good going on. I want to learn from that. So I said, what's the secret? Well, there was another couple that was just kind of goofing around. They, they've been married for a while, and he says, just say, yes, dear. Yes, dear. That's all you got to say. Yes, dear. And I'm not even over-exaggerating. It was that dramatic. All you got to do is say, yes, dear. I remember that first week. Jesse, did you remember? <laughs> Yes, dear. <laughs> you know, and, and the guy was thinking about it for a second. The other couple that was about to be married for 50 years, and they were thinking about it. And he looks at me. He says, you know what? I thought about that question, and I, and I have an answer for you. And I said, what's that? He had said, nevertheless, 
And I said, nevertheless, what, what do you mean? He says, you're going to hit rough roads. You're going to bump heads. But nevertheless, I will always love you. I will always love you, nevertheless. And that resonated in me for so long. I had a teachable moment. Even at a point where in the beginning I didn't quite understand it, but the fact that that teachable moment was there. I want you to also understand the reason why I share that story is because we will have teachable moments in our lives. But there are two things that we need to apply and that requires in our lives to have those teachable moments. And the first one is this. Be pliable. Be pliable. You have to be willing to bend and to stretch in this life. You have to be willing to do so. There are a lot of times where, where we, want, we have a certain plan and we want to do things, but then something's pulling us this way for the good of God's kingdom, maybe for the good of the marriage or the parenting or the relationship that God is uh, uh, energizing in our lives. And so we have to stretch this way. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe God wants you to pour this way, but you're stretching. And if you have a ply, if you're pliable in heart, God is actually giving you a teachable moment. Isaiah 64, 8 says this, yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. I repeat, we are the clay. You are the potter. And we are all the work of your hands. We're the work of his hands. So willing to bend and to stretch is something that's going to be a part of our lives. Now, again, I have four children, and one of the biggest things that my children love playing with, and sometimes we have to hide it, is Play-Doh. You guys know what I'm talking about? Parents, amen? We have to hide that. I see a lot of nodding heads. Yeah, yeah. Still some on my couch right now, too. You know, Play-Doh, it's a, it's a fun thing. It's very fun. But let me tell you something. It is messy. And the reason why it is messy is because it's very, very, um, you can mold it in any way you want. And sometimes it's on my, my daughter's fingers and she'll be on the couch and then you're scraping that stuff off like a day or two later. But those moments I have with my children when we're uh, playing Play-Doh, okay, and we're building these sculptures, my son can say, hey, make a dog. And we can change that Play-Doh into a dog, any structure that we want. Well, let's smash it now. We smash it. Let's make a, an elephant. We can do whatever we want with it because that Play-Doh is pliable. Why do I talk about uh, the Play-Doh? Because our hearts need to be in the same position as well, too. There are times where God's going to tell us to move this way because he's simply just with his hand, the scripture says, he's molding us. He's creating something. And sometimes we try to create something in ourselves Okay, we try to do something in ourselves, but God say, no, 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 it is my hand that works in you. Church, say, be pliable. Be Number two is stay teachable. Stay teachable. Have the desire to grow. Proverbs 4, 5 says this, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Church, all God wants us to understand is that there are going to be many things that are going to hinder us, but he wants us to learn from those moments. He wants us to stay teachable. I could say one big thing that really stumps a lot of people, and it's heartbreaking, and it's pride. Sometimes we think we got it. We know what we're doing. And when we're in a prideful moment, and I'm saying this with a sincere heart and with kindness, 
but with confidence at the same time. If we don't allow God to continue to mold with us and we think we got this and we know what we're doing and how we're going to steward things the way we want to do it, we're walking in something God doesn't want us to walk in. It's that simple. It is that simple. When we walk in pride, we miss the teachable moments that God gives us on an everyday basis. There there would be times where I'm walking and I hear God say something, and yeah, maybe my mind wants to counter it, but I have to remember, stay teachable. God's showing me something even if I don't see it. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and haughty eyes before the fall. Haughty eyes before the fall. You need to ask yourself, am I teachable? Am I allowing God to teach me through his word and through his people? God wants you to simply answer yes, yes. And the reason why, and I kind of said this earlier during communion time, the reason why God wants us to gear that way is because he's saying to us, you're worth it. And you're worth it. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you're worth it. And so what we need to do on a constant basis is we need to continue to prepare our hearts. When I was younger, in middle school, I had a friend. His name was Raul. You guys probably know him. Raul Garcia, he's now the uh, city, city council. He's doing a lot. I was actually with him last night, and he's not eating fruit for some reason. I don't know why I brought that up. But I'm like, dude, you're not. So just eating watermelon in front of him, this is really good. He's doing something. But he's like, I'm not eating fruit right now. But Raul Garcia... At, a, at the age of, I say, 12 years old, I think we were in seventh grade. Yeah, about 12, 13 years old. Seventh grade, that man, that boy at the time, had a pliable heart and had a teacher, still has that teachable heart and was willing to come with me. He knew my heart was cold and hard at that time. And what he did was he went to work. He understood at such a young age, he understood that there's some tilling that needs to go. You guys know what I'm talking about when we till the ground? It's the hard stuff, and you're just breaking it, trying to put new stuff in there, soften the ground. And for seven, eight years, he tilled at my heart. He said, hey, come stay the night with me. And I was into rap at that time. He would bring Christian rap. You guys remember T-Bone? Christian rapper T-Bone? Some of you go, oh, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> he brought it up. He did everything he could just to relate to me and till that ground. He knew he was, had, I had to prepare something in my heart, and he was going to help in the process of it. And long story short, 2015, the, the, the ground of my heart softened and the seed of the word of God came into my heart and guess what happened? It took roots. And I believe a lot of us can have that same testimony. We, we need to continue though. Today, I still continue to prepare my heart so God can work continually. I tell my friends and I tell them this, and I guess I'll kind of give you this as well, too, so, but don't, don't take advantage of it. If I ever say I got it, slap me, because I don't got it. Now, I didn't say walk up to me and slap me. I didn't say that, okay? But what I, but what I am saying is if I ever say, I got it, I know what I'm doing, wake me up. Wake me up because I don't have it. I don't, we will always learn. We will always uh, learn new things through his word and in this life. Now, there are three ways you can prepare your heart. And the first one is prepare your heart, number one, in God's word. James 1.19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. In other words, listen up. 
Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all for, uh, moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which, you, which can save you and those that are around you. In other words, he's saying, hey, to have three attitudes or four attitudes when, when, when you uh, read his word. First one is be quiet, okay? Be calm, be true, and be humble. Be quiet so you can hear God. Be calm and don't rush God. How many times do we put due dates on something when we want God to do something? God, God's not about due dates, people. He's about divine appointments, I mean, there are times where I talk with people and they're like, I didn't know I was going to be here at this time. God had a divine appointment. I just had a conversation with a man. I was at McDonald's and, and a guy came in and he invited me to prayer. I, it was like at the right time, at the right place, right when I needed it. Divine appointment. God says, be calm. Don't rush on his timing and his timing only. Again, be true. Okay, confess your sins to him and your struggles, your frustrations. It is so easy to do this with our frustrations on Facebook. That hurt? Good. <laughs> so easy to vent and see how frustrated you are with everything and everyone around you. Why don't we do that with God? There's no fruit coming out of this. There's just a lot of likes, likes, loves, agreed, and it starts this explosion. God understands you go through struggles and frustrations, but he wants you to go to him. He doesn't want you to go to Facebook. He wants FaceTime with you and him. That's what he's talking about. It's not the fact that we have to hide and say, well, I, I can't have any struggles. I want to be right with God. No, we need to be true to God. Be true and, and confess and, and share your struggles with him. And then listen to him and watch him give you solutions and answers. The last one, be humble to do what God's word tells you to do. Okay? We're not going to just read something, feel good for a moment, and go on with our life. Continue. Continue to do something what God's word tells you to do. When you, uh, when you apply those basic traits in your life, God can do many things in your heart as well. And guess what's happening? A harvest is coming up. Fruits of righteousness is coming out of your heart. Number two, prepare your heart, not just in the word, but also in worship. John 4, 24 says this, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Church, did you know when you worship and when you go to God, it's spirit to spirit? Did you know that? Have you ever said something at night where you're like, okay, I'm going to wake up 6 in the morning. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get into some worship music. I'm just going to get going for my day. And then the alarm goes off at 6 in the morning. And you're like, uh, snooze. I'll get up in like 10 more minutes. Uh, okay, uh, 10 more minutes, and you just keep snoozing the button. <laughs> Nobody? I'm the only one? Okay, oh, yeah, I'm just making sure don't leave me alone. <laughs> I battled too. This morning I was battling. Like, I got to wake up at 6 in the morning. I woke up at 8. Nope, man, I woke up at 8 o'clock. It's been a long day, okay? It's hot outside. That's my excuse. It's just hot outside. <laughs> you know, the reason why is because God is spirit to spirit. When we're in his word and in his presence, we're ready. And Jesus even teaches that. He says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
And we have to understand that when we come, when we, uh, come to Christ it's, and when we worship our God, it's spirit, spirit. It's in truth. For instance, have you ever worshipped? And you're worshiping God, and the music and the band's doing their thing, and you're feeling the presence of God, and you're like, oh, Father. Nah, nah, I don't know the words. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I really need to be led up here, okay? And you're just singing, and you're going to town, and everyone's like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry for what I said yesterday to my wife. Lord, why did I do this to my kids? Why did I yell? Am I confessing? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, why did I get mad at my coworker? Why am I so frustrated about this? Why am I so upset? You know what's happening, right? When you're, when you're in spirit to spirit with God, he's showing and he's molding you and he's doing something in you. He's doing something right then and there. That's good, by the way. Yeah, that's really good. You know, it's not a fun feeling, by the way, when you're like, oh, I missed the mark. <laughs> I missed the mark. It's not a fun feeling. But it is so good for you. It is no, that happening is no difference from looking at a flower in the garden and seeing a couple of weeds and saying, okay, let me, let me just pull these things out real quick and let me clean that up. There's no difference. God is just doing a work within us. Prepare your heart and worship, people. What's happening during worship as well is it creates an atmosphere. Okay, it creates an atmosphere of, of him and, and just what he wants to do in your life. Even, there's even an extreme when we're worshiping. And then these bold things come out of our mouth. Lord, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will go to Mexico. I will go to China. We just get, we're just willing to do what God wants us to do. Everyone say worship. worship. And number three, and I'll close it with this. Prepare your heart, not just in word, not just in worship, but prepare your heart through church, through church. And the reason why I bring this up is because there is too many conversations about, well, I love and I believe in Jesus and God, but I don't believe in the church. And it is heartbreaking to hear that. Heartbreaking. Because the mission of God is the church. And the church is needed. It's just like saying, Jesse, you're cool, but not your wife. Those are fighting words. I'm just saying that right now. Those are fighting words. Or, Madi, you're cool, but not Jesse. We're one. We're in tune. Which, by the way, we're both cool, baby. We got this. We got this. But church is something that God desires for every single one of us. He, we are that church, the community. Hebrews 10.24 says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. I'll say that again. Not neglecting to meet together. Look around you for a second. What are we doing? We're meeting together. We're meeting together. As as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another is what, what it tells us. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And they're talking about the return of Christ. This is the practice that we need to have on a, on a weekly and more daily basis. Did you know that you can simply open up your home, sing hymns, go to scripture, and you're having church? Did you know that? This is a great building, but it's you guys. It is me. That is the church of Christ. We are the body. You know, I just, I, I, don't, I don't pray this out at all, but, but if 
These doors had to close one day because of law. Because it said no more. You know what my expectation would be? Church would keep going. It would keep going. In our homes, in our hearts, and we would keep moving forward. I mean, there are many missionaries. I was talking to a pastor last week, and they were telling me they're in a certain country right now where it's illegal to talk about Jesus. To say the name Jesus, you'll be put in prison. And he's a missionary, and he's over there right now. And they're doing everything they can to make sure he's good. And he's going out there, and he's winning people to Jesus Christ. Church is important. It is very important. You know, if it's a Sunday morning and, you know, we want to do something, I'm going to say this with bonus, and we want to do something, after church is what we need to say. I'll meet you after church. It is good to be around the body of believers. You know, if I could simplify it, it's like going to the gas station and getting fueled up. I needed that prayer. I needed that worship. I needed it to be talked to. I'm having a rough season. Let's pray for one another. Prepare your heart through church because what Jesus is doing right now is he's advancing the church. He's advancing it and he's going further out. His word, his worship, and his church is what we need to do to continue to prepare the hearts in our personal lives. And watch God do the rest. Church, watch God do the rest. Feeling unworthy feeling like I don't have the right clothes or the money to do it. No, that's not God. God's a God that turns tables and cracks a whip when things are not righteous and not right. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Book of John. When we don't allow God to marinate and saturate and be a part of our everyday routine and breath and steps in our ways, we miss it. And God say, no, it is so important church is so important you are part of it and I need your arms I need your hands I need your voices I need your hugs I need your prayers to reach those that don't know me yet you are my representation is what God says on earth and I will represent you up in heaven and when you talk about Jesus he talks about you hey Michael check out them over there they're doing something for the kingdom of God we worship this we were just singing can you hear the sound of heaven touching earth? He's talking about the church. We're praising about what God is doing through the church. We need to stir something up. Don't get caught in a routine of coming here and then going back home and going your own ways and I'll see you later. No, 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 don't get caught in that. Am I emphasizing this enough? We need it. We need it. It's a part of his plan. It's why we're here on earth. We'll enjoy the rest of the stuff that's around us. But remember, church, there are only two things that are, that are eternal. The rest is temporal. People and the word of God. And the mission for the church is to bring them together. And when that happens, <laughs> my pastor in Tulsa would say, it creates an explosive force for God. That's what he says with a heavy accent. It creates an explosive force we need you. He needs you, church, to continue on out of these four walls. Service is going to be over within a couple of minutes, but church doesn't stop. Church doesn't stop. It keeps going and going. And guess what? We're going to outlast that Energizer Bunny because we're going to keep going and we're going to keep going and keep going.
because you're worth it. All because you are worth it. That's it. So those thoughts of, am I even worthy? You don't understand what I've gone through. Man, I just, what I did yesterday, guess what? Not too big for God. Not too big for God. And do you remember how we said he's not about due dates, but divine appointments? Looks like it's some of our appointments today and right now. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head for a second.